the 10th chapter, beginning with verse 1. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to him. All, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, if you've ever uh, followed the church worship calendar before, and that's what we've been doing over these last weeks uh, during the stay-at-home ordinance, you will discover that the fourth Sunday of Easter, or today, has been designated for many years as Shepherd Sunday. So all the readings uh, really underscore how Jesus is our good shepherd. Now, almost every preacher I know cannot resist mentioning and I'm about to rank myself among them, cannot resist mentioning that if Jesus is our shepherd, well, then that means that we are the sheep. Not the most flattering image or metaphor for disciples. You think about sheep, you know, sheep are defenseless. They are vulnerable. They spook very easily. They're primarily motivated by their appetites. They, they tend to blindly follow other sheep, even into peril, imitating what other sheep do. So if you think about that, maybe that's a, actually more of a, an appropriate metaphor for us most of the time. Now, a common tendency I've noticed among preachers, I think I've been guilty of this before, is that we tend to sentimentalize or romanticize this image of Jesus as the good shepherd. You, know, you can find uh, images of Jesus with lambs. It's very fluffy and, and, and nice. Well, as I said last week, it is always critical for us to situate Jesus within the context of the Old Testament scriptures, especially when we think about this image of Jesus as the good shepherd. What do I mean? Well, you see this uh, pattern, this, this, this theme throughout the Old Testament where God calls the leaders of Israel, the kings, the teachers, the priests, to be good shepherds, to lead the flock of God's people well, to bring them together, to keep them focusing on the worship of the one true God, to help them avoid idolatry, to practice the justice of Torah, looking out for the vulnerable and the poor. You think about some of the great figureheads, the patriarchs of Israel's history, Think about Abraham, Jacob, Moses, King David especially. 
They were all shepherds. And so this image of the shepherd, the shepherd becomes the model teacher and leader of Israel. Now go back, hit pause right now on this video or go back to it a little bit later. Open your, your Bible, turn to the prophet Ezekiel chapter 34. And in, in Ezekiel 34, God through the prophet levels some harsh indictments against the leaders of Israel. The leaders of Israel called to be shepherds are instead becoming corrupt, mercenary, self-interested, addicted to power, not holding up the justice of the Torah at all, but benefiting those who are more well-to-do. In other words, the shepherds of Israel, God is saying through Ezekiel, have utterly failed. And then God makes a stunning promise that in the days to come, God says, I myself will become the shepherd of Israel. I will go and search for the lost sheep. I will gather them in. And so the God of Israel promises Ezekiel that the time will come when God himself will become the true shepherd of his people. Enter now, Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. Sentimental? No. What Jesus is saying is that the promise that God made to Ezekiel, that he would become the shepherd of Israel, is now coming to pass in and through Jesus. Jesus is saying that the God of Israel is now becoming shepherd in me. I am now that good and true shepherd. I mean, think also just for a moment about these I am statements, and you see these throughout the Gospel of John. I mean, today, we're going to get to that in just a moment. I am the gate of the sheep. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the vine. You are the branches. I am. Well, what's that an allusion to? Well, it's actually an allusion to the name God revealed to Moses at the burning bush. I am who I am. You see the Lord uh, issuing this name in the prophet Isaiah. Again, what is Jesus saying? That Yahweh, the God of Israel, is here and Yahweh is me. So that would have been just stunning, controversial, scandalous to hear. So let's think for a moment about this saying here, I am the gate of the sheep. Most historians agree that Jesus is drawing on an image of what was called in, in the first century the sheepfold. It was just a, an enclosure. You can imagine an enclosure. It's walls made of stone. And there would have been a small opening on this enclosure. And at the end of the day, the shepherds would corral their sheep and lead the sheep into this opening and into this enclosure for protection. And what would happen at the end of the day is that another shepherd would sit at that entrance, at that gate, and guard the flock and to prevent the flock from you know, predators or those who might want to rob the sheep. And Jesus here is saying that I am that gate through which if we go into it, we will find the safety, the security, the protection that we seek, 
and that the Lord himself will stand and guard us from anything or any dangers that threaten to come in. I am that space. Now you think about that. I mean, here Jesus, he's not saying that he's so much a teacher, an instructor. Jesus is describing himself more as a space in which we dwell. Jesus is inviting us to enter him, to live in him, and to dwell in this temple of his body. You know, St. Paul often uses this language in many of his letters that you and I as disciples, we are to be in Christ. Think about that. We're in Christ. So Jesus wants us to dwell in the mystical space of his body. You think about the church. This is the space of his body. And if we will enter into this space, we will become like the sheep going into the sheepfold. We will enter this space and experience the protection, the security the rest that we long to find and our Lord will also defend us like a shepherd standing at that entrance of this great space. That's the last thing I'll say about this before we move on. It was often the case that the shepherds, when they worked, they often worked on the periphery of towns and cities. And so if any kind of invaders would come from the outside, the first people the invaders would encounter would be the shepherds. So what Jesus is saying here is that if we enter into the space of his body, he will be the guardian against those who would threaten to do us harm. So it's really this lovely image of of hope and trust and security. Now, what Jesus does next is that he begins to compare himself against the invaders who threaten us. What does Jesus say in our passage? He says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let's sit with this image for just a second. Because I want to give a little different take on that for us today. Now, there are a lot of people Young people, young adults, unchurched people, people who have left the church, de-churched people, atheists today, whose perception of Christianity, of Jesus, is like that of a thief. And what I mean is that they think that Christianity or Jesus exists to rob them of something. That if I become a Christian, I'm going to lose something. Like I want to be my own person. And Christianity or Jesus is going to rob me of my freedom. Or is going to rob me of my individuality. Or is going to rob me of my reason. Because I want to be rational and scientific. And Christianity is going to rob me of that. Or or Christianity is going to oppress me with all these laws and rules and, and, and morals. For any Christian listening to me today, can you join me and help me undo this mythology 
This is a total myth. Jesus is not the thief. Jesus does not come to take anything from us. See, thieves, thieves are the ones who take what belongs to you. Jesus does not take anything that belongs to us. Jesus instead gives us what we don't have. And what we don't have is eternal life. Life to its fullest. Jesus doesn't rob us of anything. He comes to give us life and peace and security and ultimate happiness. What does Jesus say in our lesson? I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus comes to give us, abundant life. And, and don't think of abundant life here as you know, stuff or possessions. What Jesus is saying, the abundant life that he's speaking about is himself. Jesus is abundant life himself. And when we enter into the space of his body, we will find life at its fullest. And we will discover what we were created for and we will possess what our hearts truly desire. Friendship with God and rest for our souls.